everybody. Welcome to Willpower Podcast. I have Ryan McNulty and David Manning here today. Ryan McNulty just got back from training camp with PLL Chrome and just signed with them. So we're definitely going to ask him some questions about professional lacrosse. He's a recent alumni of Loyola University men's lacrosse team, where he was a team captain his junior, senior, and graduate student years. He led the team in ground balls, assists, and turnovers, and it was a very um, big part of that team, especially as a captain, too. So excited to ask him about that bunch of questions and then we have his lovely strength coach here with them David Manning is the head strength and conditioning coach of Loyola men's lacrosse he's also an alumni of Loyola men's lacrosse too and he played four years professionally in the in the MLL and then he has an extensive background in nutrition and exercise science exercise physiology uh, programming so he's incredibly intelligent I am his assistant strength coach at uh, Loyola men's lacrosse so it's fun working with David and also with Brian so we're gonna get started and hear from both of them. So, Rye, first question, I wanna hear about training camp with PLL Chrome, and what did they focus on in training camp when it was only a couple days? Um, so, it was actually, we got there on a Friday, um, and then we just did like physicals and get all our gear and stuff like that, and then they kinda just said like, get a good night's rest because the next seven days were you know, two a days, and then following that was our game. So it was a lot, but the morning session was more extensive and a lot more, you know, contact and physicality stuff like that. But uh, the second session was more going over schemes and um, you know trying to learn the defense and the offense for the new guys. But it was really fun, and I thought that it wasn't too much on the legs, but maybe that's I was fresh out of college. Uh, definitely do. I feel like it'll be interesting to see how you take all these people that don't know each other. I mean, some players have been traveling and working together for a while, and then you can kind of speak on this. It's like you're taking all these people from all these like different states, bringing them together for the weekend, and how do you like have that team atmosphere, that chemistry? So I feel like you're going into it. You've played MLL, yeah. so kind of like why don't you kind of speak on that? What you're excited for, and then you follow up on how to. How deal with that? Yeah, I would say, I mean, lacrosse, the world of lacrosse is very small. So, you know, bringing all those guys together, even though you might not have met them before, you definitely know someone that they know. And that's really important just because building connections through the sport of lacrosse is why it's kind of one of the, you know, most intricate and uh, unique sports just because of that specific reason. But um, our coach was even saying, you know, everyone in this league is good and everyone, you know, can score goals and play defense and was an All-American in college. But, if you have a good team culture in this league, then that's how you kind of get wins week after week. So we were kind of focusing on that and just, you know, spending time with our team and getting yeah. the guys better. I like the way they're doing it in the PLL right now. Um, yeah. Because they have that week-long training camp. So you guys do get to hang out with one another, same as the ones, right? Um, get to know each other as teammates. You know, in the MLL, we had a weekend. And so yeah. I think we did like six or seven sessions within 36 hours. And so it was like a Friday night, three a day for a Saturday, maybe one or two sessions on Sunday. A lot. And so, yeah, it was a lot. Um, a lot of our bodies were beat up. He's saying like he felt good in training camp. Yeah, because he came off of a college season. So yeah. we were always jealous of the college <laughs> yeah. kids coming in because they always had their legs. But yeah, I mean, I think Ryan hit on it. It's it's a very small sport as far as like, the world goes. Like we all kind of have like one or two degrees of separation. But it's just really cool getting to know some of these other kids that you played against in college that you watched growing up and now you're on the same team as them. Yeah. Um, I think that's the coolest thing. So as a captain for both of you guys, how do you take like the freshman coming in who honestly like by the time like you're a super senior, like you like have your like you're a different person at eighteen to like twenty two, twenty three. So how do you keep everybody together as a captain, especially with COVID. You have like your seniors, you're actually seniors, your super seniors, your COVID seniors. The red shirts kind of 
in yeah. there and I feel like it's really hard you, you know guys aren't really like super egos or clicky and stuff but sometimes you see that so how do you deal with that within a season I mean definitely the age separation from me being a six year this past year and the incoming freshman was maybe difficult at first but you know when you're on a team and in the locker room every day like that the age just kind of goes away the freshmen were old enough and mature enough to you know not kind of get in the way of the older guys' like routines and by that I just mean they weren't coming in like thinking that they were you know their shit didn't stink um, I just thought that there wasn't really a big separation we, I think we all thought there was going to be separation between us. You guys do a good job. Like I think the sophomores always reach out to the incoming freshman yeah. group, oh, yeah. right? They set up group texts. Yeah, I mean, I think we've always done a good job of kind of welcoming in, you know, the new pups in the kettle. I mean, I think me coming in new this year, it was, I saw some separation, but you're also going to be like good, like you're going to be good friends with who you are. But I do think you guys as captains this year, like getting to know you well, always like very welcoming. Yeah. And I think like even just kind of, I feel like your role as a captain is kind of like pumping people up yeah. and like having that really like positive out, like, outlook. You were never negative whenever I saw you. And I think each captain has a different role. I think yeah. that for each different person, the way that they, you know, address the team um, is different. Like mm -hmm. for me, I had to take on the vocal role as exactly. a captain. Just, yeah. And it's not a knock on the other captains, just they just led in a different way. And, I was happy to do that, but you know, years past when I was a captain my junior year, you know, I wasn't the vocal guy, I was more just like the make a play guy and show right. that way. But then it, it did have to be sometimes negative on the field just because you can't always be the nice guy because then, okay. you know, you're getting taken advantage of a little bit. So you, you have to find that, you know, fine line between being, you know, everybody's best friend and, you know, kind of being like a, a hard up and showing the ropes a little bit. I think you get more respect from like in a game time situation being like you need to step up and they don't want to disappoint you um, right. exactly. and be that leader and then also there's other leaders that just kind of like you know put their head down get their work done and you're like oh damn he just finished that whole workout or he like he could he's faster stronger like you know that's that other guy in there too right so i think that's cool so i mean obviously just kind of you just came off the season you're going into chrome but let's kind of talk with the past couple years with you when it's summertime just being realistic being honest you're chilling for a little bit you're going to the beach you're hanging out how many weeks in there where you're just kind of the beginning weeks of the summer would you say that you're just taking a break i would say like right when the season ends you probably take a week maybe two weeks off kind of let your body rest hang out with your friends you haven't seen in a while and then it goes right back into the grind that's what you sign up for being a division one college athlete i'd say but also it comes down to you know do you want to get better do you love the sport are you willing to sacrifice all that time for me like even going to the beach with my family seeing my friends going out having a good time like i'm still working out in the day and yeah i think another big thing too is you got to find a person that's going to help you so like today i was shooting with a buddy I've known forever and you know we just did extra reps because he was there and I might not have done those extra right. reps if he wasn't so you know iron sharpens iron and I think if you find someone in the summer to do that with you because you're not with your team it really helps yeah and I think it also depends on like where you are your journey of your career right, right. so like yeah. your freshman summer or sophomore summer is gonna be different from your junior senior when maybe you're playing a bigger role in the team yeah. a little bit more beat up after the season like you might need to take more time off where you know if you weren't getting all the playing time you have that hunger to like you know oh, yeah. Yeah. kind of show somebody have that chip on your shoulder you probably get to work within that first week yeah. Um, so yeah, it really so depends on where back, you are in your career, right? Like, That's yeah. kind of the spot I'm in right now, honestly. Coming off six years of playing and starting, and yeah. now I'm thrown back into the loop of being the, the rookie, yeah. And, yeah. you know, the guy who needs to still prove himself. You know, I kind of love it because it's lighting that fire under my butt again, you know? Mm -hmm. Which is 
what I want. Like you always want something to chase after, and it's really cool for me to be able to do that again. And you're healthy. Yeah, knock on wood. Yeah, for sure. David, in terms of programming, so I have the program for us here. When you made this program, what did you want to hit? Like, what were you realistic about? Are you just like, okay, I know you planned like every day get you, but you kind of played some low intensity days in there, some high intensity days. Like, if you were to do a day, what would it be? What goes into it? You know, I like to separate the year kind of into blocks. So this kind of summer phase, um, you know, we're not with them every day. It's more remote training. And we're trying to gear up for probably a really intense fall. And so, you know, our priority was to kind of raise their capacity to be able to handle that training comfort. And so that means doing a lot of endurance stuff, conditioning, improving the aerobic system. Um, how much energy provides your muscles, like all that stuff that's going to create more energy. So if we can nail that in the next three months and just raise their their capacity to handle really intense training, we're going to get more out of the phone. Right. And so that's really the priority for us right now is let's heal up some of the guys that are coming off um, a tough season um, and then everybody else, let's get to work. And so really build up a foundation to what we can in the summer, I feel like a good question is like, you know, am I like because sometimes people are traveling you're on vacation, you're going like you're going places, and so even I mean it's easy. There's no equipment running. So when you program running for the summer, do you suggest you kind of talk about aerobic, anaerobic? Do you suggest longer runs? Do you suggest like some shorter sprint type of stuff? A combination of both? Like what should you be doing? On those yeah, it's gonna be a combo of both, um, depending on the focuses. Like right now, the sprints are really gonna take kind of the backseat. They're doing a few max velocity sprints and accelerations just to retain that quality. But right now, it's the aerobic system. So a lot of long, steady duration runs where you know you're trying to get your heart rate you know within six to eight percent of your max heart rate and you know, keep it there for thirty to forty to ninety minutes, and then mixing in you know there's a lot of other methods to the adaptations we're looking for when we're talking about like improving our athletes capacities and that's really going to be centered around you know the heart and our circulatory system and how quickly we can get like oxygen to our muscles and so once we get down like what the principal adaptation is that we want to focus on then there's really different methods the long steady duration one so like phase one of our packet right now you know they're doing that twice a week along with pretty easy tempo run. So the first phase of our summer was really low intensity, you know, acclimate them to the weight room again, you know, full body days. And then phase two, you know, will increase the stress a little bit more. You know, they may have one or two, some of those like long steady duration days, but now it's more gonna be about like taxing the aerobic system. Um, you know, making the muscles work a little bit harder, trying to drive oxygen into them. And how, still you, adapt and how do you do that? So we have to be really good about set rep intensities. And what a prescription is for you know what what conditioning we're doing. So what's an example of that? Like if you were to say like an exercise and a rep instead, just like just make it more simple. So we could say um, high intensity, like repeat high intensity um, spreads like up a hill, like 10 to 12 seconds all out. Repeat that 30 seconds rest or so, 10 to 15 reps. That's going to drive oxygen utilization. The book I was reading last night was Joel Jameson's MMA conditioning, and so he had a lot of those examples. Um, some, and how about strength-wise? Like if you did. So strength-wise, that's where we can play around with a lot more tempos. You know, two seconds down, two seconds up. So it's not really explosive, but you're putting the muscles through a lot of time under tension. There's a lot of mechanical stress that's going on, but it's it's low intensity enough that 
you're more prone to slow twitch drivers that use oxygen more than fast twitch anyways. And so that's another way of you know signaling to your body, hey, this is the sort of stimulus that you're going to be getting for weeks on end. you got to be able to adapt to handle it better. And that's a way to kind of improve oxygen offload. So I feel like just explaining that a little bit more, like if you take a back squat and your tempo is two seconds down, two seconds up, you're just like counting down, counting back up. And so typically your body gets kind of sore with an eccentric kind of slow movements, but you're not playing. So that's why during this off time what David's talking about, you can have those sore days because you have a little bit more time in the summer, but you're still building up that capacity to get ready to be a little bit more explosive in, you know, Pre-season, mid-season. What'd you say for an athlete that's like beginning of the summer, doesn't start across with the team until September, but they want to be in good shape? Are they going? Are they trying to be in like that best shape each week? Or is it like that slow buildup? It's that slow buildup because the quicker you gain something, the quicker you're going to lose it. And so the slower we can adapt your bodies to withhandle, like withstand stress, the more gradual is that um, you're going to retain those adaptations for much, much longer. You don't want to burn out either. Right, that's what I was thinking. Because a lot of athletes are probably, I mean, yeah. even me, I'm totally. It's like slow roasting a chicken, right? right. Like, you want to take some time I think, with and that's actually a good, like, analogy to tell somebody. Because I, on my side, treating, like, sports PT, when COVID happened, like, as sports PT, like, I was the only place open because right. gyms were closed. And they're like, oh, let me address every aching pain I have, which is great for business. But, like, at the same time, it's like, you guys cannot withstand this high intensity. We don't know when COVID's going to end. And you're up here this whole time. Like, take right. some time, focus on, like, your studies. Learn, you know, I was like, learn about finance. Like, go, go, like, do some other stuff. And, like, then we'll ramp back up into it. But I was, like, kind of like, don't be scared of it. Take this as, like, right. the world's going through this. Take some normal time to address your injuries here. But at the same time, you can, you can dial back a little bit right. with COVID. So, Ryan, for you, from your freshman to senior year, thinking about, like, your college career and people watching, like, what, looking back, what do you wish you might have focused on, even if it's like recovery, nutrition, or whatever, what are some things that you wish you kind of focused on more? I would definitely say nutrition, but not, I guess, hard as I want. Like, there was one summer, I think, after my sophomore year, I was eating, like, to the numbers in my, you know, app that I was tracking, and it just was getting too much, and I was, you know, focusing on that um, more than I should have been. That's a game year? It was to just, like shred as much as possible yeah. then it started me focusing on how I looked and it wasn't right. as much of me being an athlete that could be powerful on the field yeah. um, so I wish that I did stick with the schedule and still counted um, like the macros and all that stuff but also now I got you know too into it and just right um, yeah because I was just like scouring the internet for you know stuff to you know look shredded instead of being powerful as an athlete yeah I think that's really huge to hit on because a lot of people don't think that guys think that way, yeah. honestly. Because it's like, I mean, truthfully, like you guys throw in a t shirt, you look great. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not saying that we as women don't, but I think that sometimes that's the mentality. But like, right. I think every single person, male or female, has a different type of body image per like look that they right. want. But I think yeah. it's, it's nice that you just kind of shared that because you're like, I wish you could have told your younger self, like, hey, be powerful. And like, right. that's good-looking that's like talented like that's like almost that like sexy thought and kind of switch that mindset right. onto being that good powerful yeah. player and you might not look ripped but you're a different type of like muscle you feel fitness. better too. yeah you feel better yeah. you probably look better too yeah. to tell you the truth than, than like just yeah. shredding weight you're building muscle so i think it kind of comes as you train and continue right. especially you have 
somebody programming your entire workout, like the hard work is done. Like, yeah. I mean, puts a lot of hard work yeah. into it. Thank God, seriously, for David. I mean, yesterday I was in the weight room and I walk in the little office that he's in and he's, you know, grinding his computer, like yeah. searching for things yeah. for the guys this summer. And, yeah. Um, I kind of just gave him some props because, you know, we haven't really had someone to, you know, really put their full effort in until like these past two years. And it's definitely making a change, but that's huge for athletes. Like, I can text him whenever I want, even though I'm not on the team anymore, and just be like, exactly. hey, like, this is what I have, like, how do I get there? And he's going to research it and you know, do his best, not just, you know, yeah, like, here's what I've been there. Yeah, like, like, his experience, his background, yeah, yeah. like, knowing he, he played, played on the same team huge. with the same coaches that, mm -hmm. you know, you were under. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we kind of talked about this before, but, like, you've had different strength coaches. You've come in after some. And so what are some things that you've liked um, with different strength coaches and like enjoyed and then what is something that you I mean you played with different strength coaches what do you take from those different people because you learn from everybody yeah. yeah I think the cool thing about being an athlete is you get exposed to so many different kinds of coaches so many different methods um, to go about kind of the same end result yeah and exactly. so yeah you know I think during my college career I think we had you know two or three different kinds of strength coaches mm -hmm. and when you have you know, different styles, like you understand that there's underlying principles to everything, but then there's a million different ways to skin a cat, right? So what's gonna be the best fit? And so I saw a lot of different styles being done at the same institution, the same field, the same weight room, you know? So I had, you know, going into this role, pretty darn good idea of how to program for this team specifically, yeah. because I lived it. Right. And I think that was the coolest thing going into it. It's like, you know, I had a pretty good idea of our resources, you know, the flow of the weight room, the, uh, the issues of having a 50-person team with, you know, the space that we have at Ridley. And so, yeah, I got to be pretty creative, and I got to see three other strength coaches trying to be really creative during my time there to maximize our space yeah. and our, you know, the stuff we have access to. Yeah, I think that's cool. How about the kids? I know this is something we've talked about a lot with, like, my background with injuries and, and to tell you the truth like being there with you guys it was hard like I remember you know sometimes there, sometimes there's a misconnect with PT and I think with injuries or whatever because sometimes there's a kid in a boot just sitting there watching the entire practice he's not talking to anybody and I feel like he'd be doing upper body he'd be doing single leg he'd be doing different things nothing's wrong with that but I think it's hard because there's so many of you and so you you've had injuries throughout your career and, and some of them, you know, some kids are like out, out for a while. But how do you, as a captain, like include those kids? How, as like a coach, do you program for them? And I think you did a great job. I think me being on the team this year, just kind of, you know, having different backgrounds this year, hopefully was helpful to you guys. But I think that's that's hard for any team, not yeah. just Loyola. I would say the biggest thing when, like, there's an injured guy, yeah. he has to go to practice every day. That's it's hard. hard. It's so mentally hard. Yeah. But. For me as a captain, I would make sure I went out of my way to give them confidence because it's so hard to gallop for however long and jump back in and yeah. feel like you lost your powers, you know? Right. I, and I felt that too, but like even with uh, Joey Kamish with his knee, um, yeah, exactly. I just made sure that he knew that he is a great player. He's been there, done that, he scored goals in the field, so focus on getting better and not... He came back strong. Or, and he came back great, yeah. So, I mean... It sucks. It's the hardest thing, especially when you're the best in your high school and you get to college, and now you're hurt. It's like, what do yeah. I do? Who am I? It fun. really is like, who am I? Because yeah. you're like... Because lacrosse is everything. Yeah. Yeah. Your sport is everything until it gets taken away, really. And they always tell, like, in the recruiting journey, it's like, oh, you know, pick a school where 
if you get injured, you can't play anymore, right. like you're comfortable at yeah. it, you never think that's going to be you. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I tore my knee three times in college, and so I have, I was on the sideline for a full year. I went through that, and yeah, it's not like yeah, it's you're just not playing. It's only like Especially in season where you know the focus is on so much on the scout on winning that week's game, right. and you almost feel like you can't help the team. Yeah, you know, being that it's hard to pay attention to film because you can't do anything. You can't be a scout guy. You know, so it's really just sometimes like, you get thrown up filming practices and games. It's just it's the role that you have to yeah. play. And I think no, you guys knowing that, and you you're gonna be there as yeah. director of lacrosse operations. Dolo. Dolo. Yeah. But I think you can still be that boy. Like people yeah. still look up to you. Like yeah. they all played with you this whole year. So I think knowing some things that you can help the team, not just as Dolo, yeah. but as like a person, like voice of reason, I think would be great to have you. Yeah. Honestly, um, kind of change the topic, but I want to talk about like recovery. Even like when you came in, you're like, you know, at the PLL, they have a lot of recovery equipment. Even just some of the hyper ice stuff that we have here. Like, what is so, like what is so, recovery? I think is like more mainstream, truthfully. And so what do you what are you taken away and both of you guys taken away from that? I mean, recovery is obviously huge, but I think a lot of guys are like, you know, overusing the like yeah. the gadgets and all these toys. It's, sure. it's really like, said that yeah. up and dunk on it. Yeah, I mean, you can do it all you want, but you have to make sure you're eating right and all this drinking of water and Look at you. you know what I mean? Oh my god, man. I know. I mean, well, that's really the last two years. From what yeah, we were I mean, saying. like rolling out, <laughs> stretching, like what you guys had us do, like, doing yoga and that stuff is awesome. But like, if you're like sleep, yeah, and sleep is the biggest one probably. I would say. But yeah, it's just knowing your body really. Yeah. Like if you're got an ache, like work on it. But if yeah. if you don't and like you're fine, don't do those like random. Exercise. I mean, I don't know. what yeah. do you think? No, I'll go off like, that. I mean, yeah. I think you gotta know yeah. your body, know your, know body. your tendencies, right? Like all like the Theraguns, um, you know, little balls that you stretch out on, like all the little things that you can do, the scrapers. Like it feels good short term. Yeah. Um, I think like we're missing like the forest for the tree there. Like that's such a small part. Like I think you get some of that. Um, psychological well-being like so before training session or practice if that makes you feel a little bit better or yeah. ready to perform great but as far as like the big bangs for your buck you hit like sleep nutrition hydration um you know a proper off-season and pre-season program that builds up your body to right. handle those right. workloads and everything like right. that allows you to recover like talking about what we're doing this this summer with the aerobic system mm -hmm. that's going to allow them to recover in the fall and the spring yeah. so I think Those are soft. There was six, nine months in yeah. advance. And just research on, like, research with recovery, like, hasn't really even mentioned a lot of this extra plus stuff. Right. Like, just going down the line of what we kind of, like, what you said, you guys, you guys together is sleep. Nutrition, structure, programming, and hydration, yeah. and those are all things that we can control. And it's difficult to control, I mean, especially yeah. nutrition, yeah. hydration. But like, I think, and when you have some structured programming, who's smart and who's getting like the yeah. front of the body, the back of the body, then you don't need people like me to treat you. PTs come in is because you don't do those five things, right? And that's when you know then I come in with some of you know the hands-on stuff and kind of add back in the structured programming that they might have been missing. So I want to go back to like, like when you don't have David, you're not in college, like you have your junior, senior year, there's like recruiting years, like there's a lot of more outlets across, especially on the East Coast right now, and how do you not get burned out, but how do you like, you know, prioritize skill stuff, strength training, like 
how do you handle high that school, as a right? parent? Yeah, high school. I would say the biggest thing is stop playing if you're not having fun. Like, <laughs> so true. Yeah. If you're not having fun with the sport, then why are you even playing it, you know? Yeah. There are a ton of tournaments, but and coaches are gonna see you. You don't need to play in every single one because say you play five tournaments in a row, that fifth tournament, maybe the school that you wanna go to is there. You know, they'll see it. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I don't think you need to play. Like, like don't be like, so hard on yourself. Right, yeah. yeah. That's a good, Definitely that's a good not. thing. Yeah. But like, seriously, if you're not having fun, then just take, take a break. Yeah. yeah. This, this has been a hot topic with a lot of coaches I've talked yeah. to. And we're yeah. looking especially at recently. Yeah, the total, like, especially with like middle school age. Like, yeah. But even in high school, like, I think we're, we're overloading their schedules way, way too much. Especially coming off of, you know, four-month high school season. And now you're looking at playing, like, showcase or tournament every weekend. Yeah, and like, honestly, at times, you're, you're hindering your development and how you're going to show on the field. Because if you keep running yourself in the dirt doing tournament after tournament, well, maybe you're not as fresh and you haven't trained as much and you're not improving, you know, on the side as much because you're playing in all these games. And so you're not able to show your skills as well. Maybe that goes against your recruiting wise. I wish we were a lot smarter with, you know, everything that we did with these kids. Because I remember the circuit, like top two of five, you know, you know, champ camp, grind invitation, like all these things. Like maybe all these four or five. And like, and like, that's not the parents though. Like the parents kind of might make a play, like a kid do that. That's right. that's the middle school I level think, for me. Like yeah. there's no reason these kids should be traveling three, four right. states away. Right. And I think that comes down to the parents wanting that community, but I promise you, you're going to get it enough in high school. So you're going to do enough of yeah, those trips. It's interesting because we'll get phone calls here to Training House. I'll get phone calls just for, like for sports PT, and they're like, "Cool, when can like what age are you taking? Like when can I get them in?" And I'm like, "I don't need a fourth grader. Like, I mean, yeah. if they're injured, they sprain their ankle, That's I'm, I'm going to be helpful and yeah. treat them. But like in terms of like." training and stuff like there's an age where you're just like have them go play tag because they're learning how to cut yeah and so kid, like like literally go outside and get them off the ipad mm -hmm. but i mean we're kind of going on the younger aspect but i think it just shows a full picture yeah. of just like you know i think we're a little bit older than you but we like had that outlet of playing three different sports having fun with sports yeah, um and i'm just encouraging parents to kind of like take a chill pill go on vacations together don't like you know yeah, that kind of stuff side of like the holistic development of athletes in the last like 10 to 15 years like the professionalization of youth sports has it's become crazy I, yeah. I say a parent and a player just has to pick like three or four tournaments throughout the summer and maybe one or two showcases right. like if they're playing with a club team like do those tournaments that you signed up for and then you know pick one or two before the summer starts high school level as well um we talked about it a little bit before but you know you're not subbing um, full-time consistency for part-time intensity, which I see a lot with kids where they're motivated for one week, they may right. train two or three times, right. and then they don't show up to the gym for two, three weeks because right. life gets busy. They just continue that yeah. routine. And I so you have this part-time intensity where you lose into consistent athletic development. So even for our college kids and at the professional level, you know, two lifts a week, that's probably hitting enough to be consistent and maintain. Yeah, um, I think it's just good, like, you know, that's why I asked that question. Okay, I know I'm gonna hit two at least. If I can get more, that's great. Yep. And also, like the routine that you just said, like you guys had like school practice was scheduled. The reason you guys did well is because you have that routine. So yeah. continuing, like not to sleep in until two p.m. Yeah. The other thing, nutrition-wise, what do you guys like to eat before and after a workout? Because I think that's like just something that everyone's different with. Everyone wants advice on what works for you guys. Go ahead. Um, I'm gonna say the, the food that you're gonna say. Okay. 
Don't say. <laughs> well, let me give you the framework and then you can give a really good answer right. of what I say. Pre-training, it's all about providing the fuel that you're going to yeah. burn yeah. in that session. So usually for what we're doing, it's going to be carbohydrates. And we want more slow digesting carbohydrates before that. So we look at whole foods, whole grains. Kingbread jellies. Sure, why not? Honey is a good one. I had some of the boys, so I've taken uh, tablespoons of honey okay. before training. Um, yeah, things like fruits and vegetables. So, like, why honey is so good is because it has glucose and fructose in it. And so, you have two different kinds of sugars that give you more energy for longer. So, yeah. you can sustain, you know, harder workouts. I would say it depends. Like, if you're going to run around and play a sport, mm -hmm. I would eat something like chicken, rice, banana, and like an right. apple, like something like that. Yeah. Just like, then I'm not eating for three hours because I need, no, I need to run around. But a lift, I'm signing a protein yeah. shake, peanut butter and jelly. You know, like oatmeal in the morning, something like that, just to get all those carbs so I can push as much weight yeah. as I think for athletes, if we just focus on nutrition around training, that's usually the best intervention to start. Because, like, are right, you going to the lift? All right, you got to make sure you have fuel. And so, like, some sort of carbohydrates. Like, for me, I loved applesauce when I was training. Like, I would crush one of those big jars, like, within two days. Um, so that was like my pre-training fuel because it went down easy. I didn't feel like I had right, you don't have to your stomach. Yeah. Right. And there's also yeah. that, you know, part of training the gut, right? So if you don't eat normally before working out, you're not gonna be able to tolerate food. Yeah. But if you slowly introduce some food, you're gonna tolerate that better. So don't feel like, you know, if you don't feel good eating, um, you can't ever eat before training. Like you gotta kinda microdose it a little bit. And then post, you know, pre or post you can add in the protein. I don't think the research has been very conclusive about differences between before and after training. Um, but then after training is where you can eat some of those what we call higher glycemic index yeah. um, carbohydrates. So things that have more sugar to it. You know, that's like the pasta, the white breads. I used to eat cookies after I work out. Um, 2% milk. And uh, it's whole milk. It's whole milk. You walk in here with whole milk, a gallon of whole milk and a thing of cookies. <laughs> and They're I'll the whole food cookies. They're really good. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta eat to compete. Yeah, and I think like simplicity is what they kind of just talked about in terms of like, I mean, obviously cooking, like I wish I was even better at, but sometimes it's just like get get it in your body, like chicken and rice. Like we know like what to eat sometimes. We don't have to make it so fancy. So if you're confused about that, parents, just making sure your kids are hydrated and having snacks before and after practice, that also helps decrease injuries too. Yeah, yeah. you get um, trial and error too. Oh yeah. yeah, I think yeah. trial and error is huge. Yeah, Eating <laughs> pancakes in the morning, <laughs> yeah, so true. Like if you have pancakes before a game and you feel great, yeah. three weeks in a row and you've done that, like why not stick to that? You know, yeah, protein yeah, pancakes, sure. come on. Yeah. Right. Kodiak cakes, <laughs> Kodiak. That's what I have. Ryan and David Owen and our partners are Pure All Juice, Under Armour, Avely Farms, and Training House. So they've been super supportive. Thank you to Miles behind the camera too. Yeah. Um, thank and you thank you guys for coming. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for having us.